Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. Hey, the title of my message this morning is Flow. Not progressive flow, but F-L-O-W. Turn to your neighbor and say flow. So would you turn in your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. You know, all of us are in different seasons in our life. We're all doing different things. And sometimes you can kind of feel like, man, Lord, why am I here? What do you have me doing? I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I feel like everything that I'm doing is mundane. I feel like, you know, I've come this far, but I haven't really gone much farther. And sometimes we're tempted to feel that way. But let me encourage you in something. And that's this. It's temporary. Seasons are temporary. How many of you would agree with that? Seasons are temporary. Seasons are for a season. Fall comes, it goes away. What comes after fall? Winter. We are so excited to finally be in fall. Winter comes after that, springtime, summer. Seasons change. But let me tell you what doesn't change. Your assignment may change, but one thing doesn't change, your calling. Your calling doesn't change. Your seasons change on your way to your calling or on the way to your dream. Okay? You know, I think about our dog, Oliver Bean. I want to show you a picture of little Oliver Bean. This is when we first got him. Anytime it's going to come up on, there he is. A little Oliver Bean, isn't he cute? And then, but now you need to see him grown up because little puppies grow up. So here's Oliver Bean now grow up, grown up, full size. And you see what he has in his mouth is a toy. And Oliver Bean, he's interesting. He always wants to be where he's not, it seems like. It seems like he's excited about being somewhere uh, for a while, but then that gets old. And if somebody goes outside, suddenly he wants to go outside. If somebody goes into the next room and the door closes, he, he wants to be in the next room with them. But then if you give him a toy, that toy will pacify him for a season. It'll change his focus for a season, but then he gets off of that. Once he gets bored with the toy, he's like, hey, I, I, I'm locked in my crate. What happened? He was focused on his toy, but now he realizes, I'm locked in my crate. Hey, guys, hey, let me out of here. Hey, I want to be somewhere where I'm not, and you're tempted to be that way, aren't you? You're tempted sometimes to want to be where you're not, where you're not, amen? So, here's what I want to say. Not going with the flow sometimes will we'll make you unhappy. What we have to learn to do in the season that we're in is to be happy where we're at. And the key to being happy where, you at, where you're at is contentment. Contentment. Look at your neighbor and say contentment. Because you don't seem very excited that I say contentment. <laughs> All right, because this is key. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, he said, I have learned... In whatever state I'm in, to do what? To be, come on, let's say it together, to be content. Why is this important? Because contentment is not based on emotions, and not, it's not based on feelings, it's not based on whether or not the sun is out today, it's not based on whether or not you feel good about yourself, it's based on you learning it. It's something that you learn. Contentment can be learned. 
So that means I can choose every morning to wake up and say, God, this is the season that I'm in. This is where you have me today. Uh, I may not be fully satisfied with where I am, but today I choose to be content. It's okay to not be satisfied. That means there's still hope. That means there's something out in front of you. That means there's a vision. There's a dream. There's something that you're working toward. But if we're going to be happy where we're at, what do we need to be? We need to be content with where we are today. Okay, because contentment is not based on what you feel, how you feel, is it? Now go on in verse 12, listen to what Paul says. Paul says this, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with full, a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Contentment in the midst of conditions is confidence. I like what Todd White calls it. He calls it Godfidence. When you learn to be content, you can have Godfidence. So I'm, I want to say this to you. Don't despise where you are because where you are is the road that leads you to where you want to be. Where you are is the road that leads you to where you want to be. Now, Phil, you don't understand. I'm stuck. You don't understand. I'm in a dead-end job. Let me tell you, there is no such thing as a dead-end job. Dead end is on your end. Whoa. It is. Because everything starts and stops with you. It stops with your passion, with your desire. You know, you may feel like, uh, you may feel a little like Nicole was. I remember she was in Phoenix, Arizona. She was working in her, in her church. And there were no guys. It was a smaller church. There were no single guys. There was no one available. I think there was one guy. Because he asked you out. I remember that. She turned him down. Because we were already writing each other. But anyway, but, but you might feel, she, she could have felt like this is, a de- this is a dead end place for me. But no, what happened? God opened up an opportunity with a guy that was a thousand miles away. A guy that could fulfill her dream. No, a guy that, <laughs> a guy that God had picked out for her. Amen? So think about this. Alexander Graham Bell, his wife had a hearing loss. And so he decided, okay, I'm an inventor. I'm going to invent a hearing aid, something that will help her, help my wife be able to hear so she can hear me better. So I don't have to keep saying, hey, honey, turn the TV down. There was no TV back then. I'm kidding. But, you know, she couldn't hear. And so he he tried and he tried. He came up with all of these different formulas and different things, but he was never able to invent a hearing aid. But those things that he learned in that season, in that trial, in doing the things that he did, those were the ingredients that caused him to invent the telephone. Man, so you may be in that place. You may be in a place where you're like, man, it seems like there's roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. But if you'll begin to flow with the Holy Spirit, if you'll begin to flow with the wind of the Holy Spirit, it'll take you to your calling. You'll be able to use those things, amen, to take you where you want to go. All right, man. I remember one time, because in that process, there's development that happens on the inside of you. Believe it or not, where you are today, it's developing something in you. It's taking you somewhere. It's causing you to learn things that you didn't think you were going to learn. And I remember sometimes, you may feel like you missed an opportunity. I remember I felt like I missed an opportunity one time. I was in Tulsa. Well, I wasn't in Tulsa at the time. I was in Dallas, Texas. But uh, we were leaving 
the church where we had been, I, had, I made a mistake. I made a money-led decision. How many of you have ever made a money-led decision? Don't raise your hand. Okay, it's because I know, I know there's a bunch of us. And I had made that mistake, and so I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Well, God was opening up an opportunity, and I received a call from a pastor who pastors a very large church. And he said, Phil, I'd like you to come and be my assistant pastor. I want you to pastor one of the services. They had three services at the time, and he wanted me to pastor the 1030 service. And I said, and I said well, let me pray about it. And I prayed about it, and I made another bad decision. I didn't take it. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do what I had in my heart because I had a vision in my life to travel. I wanted to travel in ministry and, and, and do some exciting things. I didn't want to go and work for a, for a church at the time. And so I missed that opportunity. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so years later, I, I, I took a job. God, finally, when I, got my, you know, when I got my head screwed on, right, God opened up a door for me to work for another church, to become an assistant pastor at another church. And this church was, well, had significant influence. They were a church that, were, that was thriving in their community. And we went to go work for them. And I remembered five years later, I was praying in the auditorium. And I said, God, and I, I was thinking about that opportunity that I missed, that I didn't take. And I said, man, God, I wish I had taken that opportunity. And, God, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, guess what, Phil? He said, it's okay, because I was able to develop in you the things I wanted to develop in you at that church here. Isn't God merciful? Isn't he gracious? God hasn't, doesn't have any B plans. He, only, he reformulates another A plan for you. Because he loves you so much. He cares about you so much. Man, and so I was so thankful for that. So let me say this to you. Don't fight the season. Flow with the season that God has you in. Be open. Receive the ideas that he has. Because you know what? When I went on to, pa to be the assistant pastor at that church, I had no idea that I was going to oversee their television ministry. I'd never done that before. Their production, I'd never done that before. That I was going to oversee their radio broadcast. I'd never done that before. All these things that God had raised up inside of me. And it, and it helped me later. Man. So, so turn over to Acts chapter 2. I want to show you something in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is compared, Paul compares the Holy Spirit to wind, to wind. And in Acts chapter 2, he says this, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, a, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. This was the Holy Spirit that was coming. So he compares it to a wind. Now, I'm from Oklahoma, so we have some wind in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is one of the windiest cities in the nation. But beyond that, one thing that happens, especially in the springtime in Oklahoma, is cold meets heat. And it begins to rotate up there in the air. And then eventually it turns. And it hits the ground and they call that a tornado. And so we had that experience often. You know, I would sometimes move, when we've lived, had the privilege to live in other cities, you know, they would talk about the one tornado they had back in 19, you know, 85 or whatever and I'd be thinking man we had 11 touchdowns last week in Oklahoma you know and so you had them often and what I like to do is I like to get up on the house when a storm was brewing and you could see it off in the distance I would climb up on our roof and I would just sit there and watch it formulate man I'd watch the lightning off there and I loved it you know and then and then when it got quiet that was when it was time to climb back down the tree and go inside the house because something was getting ready to happen. But then, and so the wind would blow and it would pass over. But another thing that, that identifies with wind 
is, is how many of you have heard of a square rig sailboat? Square rig sailboat. These are the square sails, right? The old time sails, you know, you think about Pirates of the Caribbean, you think about these old ships with the square sails. And the thing about a square sail, uh, a, a square rig sailboat is it, it, it goes very slow, but it can only go in one direction, whichever direction the wind is taking it. And if the Holy Spirit is the wind, we're supposed to be that square rig sail. That we go in the, in the direction that the Holy Spirit wants us to go in. This last week, I was able to uh, be a part of the Springdale experience with the Chamber of Commerce here in Springdale. And they took me to the Don Tyson School of Innovation. That school is a very interesting school. It's a different uh, culture there. All of their, their rooms are huge, massive rooms like this. And they'll have five and six classes taking place all in one big room, just like this. And, but they have, an, they have a wonderful uh, uh, outcome, meaning that, you know, their students do, do great in this school. And we were asking them about their teachers, how their teachers work with the students. And one of the things that the teachers said was, we like, you know, we like to have a very relational experience with each student, and we like to find out what their passion is. And then we teach in, uh, in the flow of their passion. Their desire, their likes, their talents, their abilities. They work with that and they're having tremendous results. That was the word I was looking for. Tremendous results uh, because of it. And so here's what I was thinking is that each of us have talents, abilities, things that, giftings that are on the inside of us. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to flow with that gifting, with that talent, with that ability to take you to where he wants you to go. And that's how the Holy Spirit's wind can take us, can carry us toward our calling. Now, I have something here. I don't have any kids in here, so we're going to play with a toy this morning, okay? All right. This first toy here, this is, how many of you recognize this guy? This is the army guy, the paratrooper from Toy Story. You guys remember him? And, you know, this, about a week ago, was it a week ago? Uh, Dana Schwedahl turned 50 years old and what she wanted for her, I know you're not supposed to tell age, in it, but she was very proud of it. Uh, and, and so she wanted to jump out of an airplane and parachute to the ground. Well, I thought, I've got to see this daredevil woman, man. So my wife and I, we drove over to the airport and I had never watched that before where somebody actually the, sacrifices their body and jumps out of an airplane and falls 150 miles an hour to the, toward the ground, you know, until the parachute, what needs to happen? The parachute needs to open. And the parachute, she said that the guy that she was flying tandem with or jumping tandem with, he said, now, if, if you yell to me to open the parachute and I don't respond, you need to pull the chute because I have passed out. So, <laughs> so then it went, <laughs> so anyway, so here she is falling to the ground. And I thought about that. In order for the wind of the Holy Spirit to be able to carry us, what do we need to have happen? Our chute needs to be open. What if it's closed? What if it's tangled? The Holy Spirit can't carry us where he needs to be able to carry us. So we're going to do a little test here with this guy. We're going to throw him up and see. Uh, hopefully this will work. I'm going to throw him as high as I can. This is 15 feet right up here in the middle. And boy, that didn't work at all, did it? <clears throat> we'll open that up a little bit more. Okay, let's try and get another one here. All right, well, this time we'll just fold it once. How's that look? Okay, make sure it's all untangled. Oh, hey, there you go. All right. So, I tell you what, I know that Tim 
you have a couple of sons, right? Mr. Tim, I'm going to give you, the two came in the package, so I'm going to give, bless you, bless you with that. No, so let's keep talking about wind, because I have another example here, okay? All right, you guys ready? Are you hanging with me? All right. All right, don't let this scare you, no matter what you think, okay? But, but nobody has a toupee in here, right? Okay, good. All right, just wanted to make sure. Okay, so now sometimes, I'm going to set that right here. Let's see if that stays. All right. <laughs> I'm getting ready to part some hairs here. But um, <clears throat> where am I going with this? Okay, so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's fake news. I know, I know. It's, it's more often I was trying to be gracious to her. To her there's no media people in there, right? Okay, good. Uh, so, but, you know, the enemy wants to bring fake reports to you. And he wants to blow your sail in the direction that he wants you to go, right? I mean, he wants to blow your sail. I'm doing that up on purpose. I'm not going to hit anybody with it, okay? So... <laughs> So what needs to happen when the, Holy, when, when the enemy tries to bring fake reports your way? False teaching, fake news. What's our job? Our job is, okay, hey, wait, 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 wait. We're taking the sail down, right? Wait, everybody take the sail down, take the sail down. And then what happens? It just blows over. That's a low setting, okay? I was going to use a hairdryer, but I thought like this would, I, I thought, no, I, I need more power. Okay, but... When you read the Word of God and you allow the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and to speak to you, guess what happens? Come on. You're going with the wind, right? And you go where the Holy Spirit takes you. All right, give me a hand for that. I'm not going to hurt anybody else. All right. All right. See, fake news can sound like it's correct, though, can it? Can it? Why? Because the enemy wants to try and make it sound convincing how many of you remember there was a okay I feel like I'm supposed to go somewhere else so let's talk about three guys that flowed with the assignments three different guys in the Bible that flowed with their assignments because you may feel again like Pastor Phil I just you know I feel like I'm spinning my wheels I feel like sometimes I'm just a little stuck I don't know what the next step is okay think about Joseph it was 13 years for Joseph from the point that he was sold into slavery until he stepped into rulership with Pharaoh. Right? It's 13 years. He walked through all kinds of opportunities. I mean, things went from bad to worse to even worse before God all of a sudden promoted him. I'm telling you, when we hang on, when we don't allow the spirit of, uh, uh, of complaining to come on us, complaining, why? Because that's not contentment. Complaining is not contentment. Complaining is staying where you are. You complain. You re- I heard one pastor say you remain. But actually you go backwards. It drags you backwards. And you don't want that. What about David? 15 to 20 years from when he was anointed king to when he was crowned king. All of the heartache. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is King David. Mel, Mel Gibson, if you're listening to this, please do a movie about King David from when he slew Goliath forward. Until he was crowned king. It's, if you read that story, it's amazing. Obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. He overcame, overcame, overcame. He could be listening. Come on. And then Paul. Paul, 14 years. Paul was in preparation. 
for 14 years. I mean, this was a man that understood the law. He had studied. He understood the law. But yet, God put him in a place where it was 14 years before he stepped in to his ministry. I feel like some of you in here, that word calling and that word dream um, stops you from giving your all today. And I can identify with you because it used to stop me. It used to stop me because I was such, I was so focused on tomorrow. I was so focused on a dream that I had trouble living today, being content where I am. Because all I saw was where I wanted to go. All I saw was where I wanted to live, what I wanted to drive, how much money we wanted to have in our 401k. You guys know what I mean? You know, and and when your mind is just on that, and I'm not saying, hey, don't have plans, don't have goals, don't have dreams and visions, but if it stops you from today, there's a contentment problem. And we need to pull it back. We need to discover, again, how to live today. Man, man, I think about my kids, you know, because they're in their 20s. And I know, I, I know, I'm so thankful that they help us in ministry. But one day, God will bring, a, God will bring along Mr. Wright. He'll bring along Mrs. Wright, you know. And, and they may not always be a part. I mean, they won't always live at home. And so some of those things that can be irritants, you know, when somebody comes and they take your favorite pair of socks out of your closet and wear them, you know, or somebody takes, they're laughing because it happens, you know, or they come and they eat your chips, you know, the chips that you buy, you know, or it's your favorite drink and you see somebody's chugging this thing down and you're going, I just bought that, you know, and, but then you go, wait a minute, I won't always have them at home. So I'm thankful, I'm thankful. It's being content, Right? Yeah, but Phil, you don't understand. I want to see the big picture. How many of you are big picture people? You want to see the big picture. Okay, well, let's think about it this way. What, have you ever played the game Connect the Dots? Now, I'm not talking about the ones today. I'm talking about the ones where there's nothing on there. You can't tell what it is. And you, you, you start connecting the dots. And you look at it and you think, man... I, I don't know where God is tell, telling me to go, but I can look back and I can see that dot connected to this dot and this dot brought me to dating Nicole and this dot took me to marrying Nicole and this dot marrying Nicole took me to going to Bible college and this dot took me to, to being hired full-time in a church and working on staff at a church, which I had no idea that they would hire me. You know, and this dot took me to this place. You know, Steve Jobs made an interesting statement. He said this. He said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. But here's what happens. The more dots that you connect looking backwards, the more dots that you connect, the more you begin to see what it is. How many of you are beginning to see what the connect the dots is? Right? It gets clearer and clearer. And that's where you're at in your life. You may be at a dot right now. You may be halfway between this dot and this dot. Let me tell you, allow contentment to take you to the next dot. Don't allow frustration. You know, because again, you begin to complain, you'll remain. You can stop halfway between a dot. 
And that's not God's plan for your life. He wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. It's a glory dot to the next glory dot to the next glory dot. Amen. So let me give you very quickly in closing three things that you need to flow. Three things that you need to flow. One, one thing that you need is you need availability. You need to make yourself available. Not, hey, could you help me out? Well, I've got this going on. I can't do that. Somebody asks you to do something. Well, you know, I've got, I've got something else that I need. No, availability is making yourself available. I remember the time that um, Terry and Brenda Henshaw called and they asked us to be a part of the 99. This is the big tent. This is the big line. Uh, I don't remember what city this was in, but, you know, you could see all these people waiting to come through the production. Literally thousands of people would come through and we'd see, we'd see thousands of people receive Christ in a month. You know, anywhere from 3,000 to to 7,000 people would receive Christ. But they, they called us and they said, hey, we want you to travel with us. We want you to be the production manager. And Terry told me all the information and then he ended it with, and by the way, there's no salary. Oh, well, you're really selling it there, Terry. And I had to pray and go find out from God, God, is this what you want me to do? And within two days, God said, yes, this is what I want you to do. I want you to step out. And he showed me how to do it. Well, do you know, I was not, Nicole and I were not the first couple that they asked. They asked several couples before us. And they wanted a guaranteed salary. They wanted, you know, they couldn't pay off their debt. They were so far in debt, they didn't see a way that they could get out of debt to be able to go on the road. How many of you know debts can stop you from being able to do things? It binds this is why as a church, we are committed to do everything on a cash basis. And you know what? We have. Yeah, well, Phil, we don't have a building. Man, don't knock where we are. We're between dots, man. <laughs> we are between dots right now. And it, the building's going to come, glory to God. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Here, here's what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is asking us to do. Be free to follow. Put yourself in a, in a position to be free to follow. Free to follow. Amen. So the second thing is this. First one is availability. Second one is willfulness. Willfulness. So you are willing to go. In Isaiah, Zach uh, quoted the scripture, the willing and the obedient eat the good of the land. Acts chapter 16, verse 10 says this. Look, look, at, look at what Paul said. It said, Paul and those with him went through the areas of, and forgive my pronunciation of some of these towns, Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit did not allow them to tell the good news in the province of Asia. Verse 7, then they reached out to the border of Mysia and they tried uh, to go on to Bith Bithynia, but the, Holy, but the Spirit of Jesus did not let them go there. So they passed through Mysia and went on to the city of Troas. That night, Paul saw a vision and it a man from Macedonia came to Paul. The man stood there and he begged, come across to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision. He immediately prepared to leave for Macedonia. We understood that God had called us to tell the good news to the people there. So what Paul is saying is, and this is, okay, wait a minute. Forget my plans. I am sub to God's mission. I am submitting my mission to God's mission. That's submission, submarines. They submerge. So I'm making myself sub to God's mission. Plans. And when we do that in our lives, when we do that in our heart, when we, make our, when we make every part of our life sub to Him, our business, our jobs, our, our vocation, our plans, whatever it is that we're going to do, and we make them sub to His mission, then man, 
That's when breakthrough begins to happen. That's when you see amazing provision. I can't tell you the provision that Nicole and I have seen. The, the well over $25,000 that's come in for us to be able to purchase things that we've needed and to help us get this church going and, and, and get wheels up under it. And let me tell you, there's some exciting stuff coming because in January, we are going to invest big time into our kids. We're going to focus on our kids and we're going to have a spectacular children's ministry that your kids are going to be jumping up and down saying, Mom, Dad, I can't, I can't miss this next Sunday. Glory to God. So, it's going to happen. Amen. You mind if I have a drink? Yeah, we're already investing. But we'll let you know um, what the plan is. The last thing is this. Last thing that you need to be is flexible. Flexible. The children of Israel in the wilderness, think about them. Here they are traveling from place to place. The Bible says, says that the, the clouds a day, I'm asked the keys to come, the cloud would come by day, the fire by night would direct them and it would come and stay in a place and they would stay there for a while and then the cloud would begin to move and then the children of Israel had to move with the cloud, right? Well, think about this. The children of Israel, it's not just, hey, I got one bag here. No, they left Egypt with all their stuff, all their livestock. They left with all their plunder. So think about it. You're sending your, setting your tent up. You're getting your kids situated. You're making sure your livestock are enclosed. And they're not going to run all, all across the wilderness. You know, you've got them taken care of. You've gone and you've found water. You brought water back. You've finally got a fire going. You're cooking your meal. And then a knock comes on the door. Hey, the cloud's moving. What? just got set and then you got to pack everything up get everything on the carts get all your livestock you know and I mean you're bringing them you're you're taking them out of there and you're moving to the next place flexible flexibility see the Holy Spirit wants us to be flexible so that at a given notice when the knock comes we're able to go we're able to move to where God's called us to move Right? Man, see, God wants us to live in a tent in our heart. I'm not saying you can't have nice things. I'm not saying you can't. This isn't about the stuff, but it's about being willing to do what God tells you to do, to go with where he's flowing your life. And in closing, the last thing I wanted to bring up was this. You guys remember Katrina. You remember all the different hurricanes that have come. And, and <clears throat> Florida you know, had the potential of seeing this last hurricane. Fortunately, it went up the coast. And uh, my uncle lives in Seaburn, Florida. I called him and he said, well, we got some good rain out of it, but really not, not much more than that. And I said, glory to God. But I think, I think about these hurricanes that have come across Florida and how they have literally ripped up oak trees. These massive trees that have a massive root system that, I mean, they are just, you know, roots going everywhere. And and yet the hurricane rips those trees out and just litters them across the yards and roads. And, but you think about the palm tree. The palm tree is still standing. And I've seen palm trees in big containers that grow 15 to 20 feet in just a little bowl. So you know there's not a massive root system. What is it that causes the palm tree to be able to stand there? It's its flexibility. The palm tree is so flexible that when that hurricane comes and you see it, it, the trees just bend over. And when the hurricane's over, what do they do? Bloop. They pop back up. They stand back up. 
because they're flexible. How are you in your life? Are you flexible? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt you on your way somewhere else so that you can minister to someone where you are? The other day I got to pray for a lady in the, uh, where I take my shirts to get dry clean. And she began to complain about a headache. And I thought, man, God, you brought me here on purpose because I have a purpose. And I got to pray with her over her headache. That God would heal her. She said, and she, she had tears in her eyes when I was done. I said, man, the Spirit of God is on you. He's working in your life. He, he loves you. He cares about you. Man, are we willing to allow God to interrupt? Because you think about Jesus. When he was on his way to all these different places, he allowed the Holy Spirit to interrupt him. Some of the greatest miracles Jesus did was he was on his way to do something else. Man, so where are you at in your flexibility? Where are you at? Are you a person that God is able to just flow in your life and flow with you, flow through you? Are you allowing these, these different situations that you're in to, to open a door for ministry to somebody else? Or are you like I've been in the past where I, I was just focused on what I needed to get done that day? And sometimes I, I can get so focused that I think it's all about doing that when God brought me to that dry cleaning company for a reason. And it may not have been about my shirts. It was about that woman. You know what I mean? Now, are we willing to flow? What are you saying, Pastor Phil? God is calling me to Africa? No, I, I don't know what God's calling you to do. He may be. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I'm glad my mom's not here because I'm about to tell a story about her hometown. I, I'm glad. Well, my dad's hometown. Um, not, not really. I would have told it even if she was here. But, uh, but I remember... I was, Nicole and I, we would get up in the morning. This is when we were working on staff in Austin, Texas at a church. And, and I would, we would get up in the morning at 5 a.m. And then, and then we would spend time in prayer. And I had this nice front room that I just, you know, there was nothing in there. So I could, really felt like I could get in there and pray, you know, and not have to worry about tripping on furniture because I like to walk around and pray. And so I'm in this room and I'm praying. And the Holy Spirit said, get ready. Because I'm taking you to a new church to start a new ministry. I'm taking you to a new city, I mean, to start a new ministry. And I went, oh, wow, okay. So I began to pray about that, began to pray. Nicole didn't know. I just began to pray and just seek God about it. And as I'm seeking God about it, I said, well, Lord, where, where do you want us to go? And he, and he said this to me, and he said, Emporia, Kansas. Now, nothing against Emporia, Kansas, okay? If you've ever been there, it's a college town. I mean, they, ha they do have, do they have a Walmart there? I don't know. They do have some stuff there. They have a Walmart there, okay. Oh, thank God, because, man, that would be terrible, you know? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But <laughs> sometimes, that was Nicole's and Mike Gage for whether or not we'd be willing to live in a city. Is, is there at least a Walmart, you know? But anyway, so, so I said, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Man, not in Poria, Kansas. I, I said, Lord, anywhere but there. Because I had grown up as a kid. We had traveled there every two times a year because that's where my grandparents lived. And, we, you know, we had, 
stay there for a week or stay there for a weekend. And I mean, and it was like, I couldn't wait to get out of that city, get out of that town, you know, and, and go home. And I said, Lord, anywhere but there. And man, I just struggled with that. You know, I, I wrestled with God over it. And thank God he was gracious to me. He didn't do to me what he did to Jacob. You know, I could still walk. And I, you know, I'm just going, God, not Emporia, Kansas. I mean, I don't want, you want me to raise my kids in Emporia, Kansas? And again, I'm sorry, nothing against Emporia. Emporia is a great, all my cousins live there. It's a great, it's a great town. I just don't want to live there. I don't want to raise my family there. <laughs> but Jesus. So anyway, I finally, after that two weeks of wrestling with it, I just said, okay. And I finally submitted. I finally got willing. And I said, Lord, if that's what you want, I'll do it. If that's where you want me raising my family, I know you have a plan. I'll do it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I don't want you to move to Emporia, Kansas. I wanted you to be willing. Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, I was, it, was, it was that ah, relief. But I learned a lesson. Am I willing in my heart? Are you willing in your heart? Would you bow your heads all around the room? Maybe that's you. Maybe you said, Phil, that's me. I got to tell you, I haven't been content where I am. I, I've been struggling in that area. I've been struggling with with feeling like it's dead end, like my wheels are just spinning, whatever it is. And I realize, God, I need, I need to repent this morning. I need to get back submitted to God and allow Him, now allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to carry me to my call. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.